Hey, Thomas. What's up? Uh, that was a, a, a good hour with Mike Popovich. We did have some technic- technical difficulties. Yeah, but Mike Popovich was incredibly on the ball, and he had a Zoom account that we just used his Zoom account. And man, we just so we just had this great time with Mike Popovich, walk through prayer, um, our prayer life. Talked about prayer. We talked the neuroscience, right? The yeah, brain, quantum and physics. How uh, scripture and quantum physics and all the stuff kind of lines up, and it's not—they're not in competition with each other. I finally understand quantum physics. <laughs> I'm glad he explained it to you in a way that was understandable. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. uh, it was a really, really good interview and very encouraging, especially right now during all this social distancing and coronavirus yeah. stuff that's going on. Um, so to be able to pray with confidence and uh, to access peace, we actually prayed at the end, and, and uh, he walked us through uh, how to pray in this season to access peace. So it was really good, encouraging for me. Yeah, it was fantastic. We hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, bless you guys. Bye. All right, boys, we're on. Hey, <laughs> you look good, man. Likewise. I'm glad you're looking like that because this is about as dressed up as I get. (laughs) Well, we're honored to have you, man. We're uh, thanks for thanks for coming. Uh, um, Well, we caught up a little bit before, but but I'd uh, I'd started by saying that I um, I've been I was telling Thomas and I told you that me and Ethan, my son, my 18 year old, have been working out, listening to you about a year ago, Um, and we're diving right in here, aren't we? Yeah, is that right? Is that all right? All right, absolutely. We'll get to know you a little bit along the way, but about a year ago, um, I was sitting with a friend, and and there's been so much of my life that uh, has been uh, been readjusted and moved around, and stuff that I've unlearned or, or and and relearned. Uh, I know Jerzak doesn't necessarily like the term reconstruct, but it definitely uh, works in some of what I've done. But about a year ago, I told a friend, I said, "Man, I, I said uh, I don't even have a clue why we pray. I know it's in the Bible." But I don't even at this point, I, I don't even outside of intimacy and relationship with him and conversation, uh, I don't even get it. I want to relearn how to how to pray what that's about. And and uh, my dad introduced introduced you to me. And, and so my son and I listen to you three times a week, two, three times. You've got years of stuff now. And uh, yeah. I've been so grateful for you. Uh, as you walk us into prayer, especially right now in a moment where the whole place is afraid. Everybody's afraid. Yeah. Man. Coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, just like with the whole coronavirus thing, you know, trying to be respectful of, of other people and where they're at. But if, if there's ever been a time to shine for the church, it's right now. Amen. Where people should go, how come you're not even concerned about this? I said, you know what? It's, it's uh, if we truly take Psalm 91, and we could dive into that a little bit if you wanted, um, it, it doesn't affect you. It really doesn't affect you. And so we should always have that answer ready. So yeah. I've been trying to walk this, how do I not be divisive and mm. disrespect people's feelings about it with the same idea that you and I, us three, we can live above this as if it's not even there. Yeah. <laughs> At least I don't, I, I'm not too worried about it. You know, so, right, right. Yeah. Right. If they don't start the baseball season pretty soon, I might have it some issue. <laughs> I'm ready to get divisive at that point. <laughs> so You're a Yankees fan, right? Huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I a few things I know. You, Yankees fan. Uh, we're, we're called rethinking God with tacos. Yeah. Right? Yep. Right. But I know you you'd be rethinking God with a hot dog and a beer. Although I love I love tacos too. So <laughs> I, I love almost anything that uh, 
uh, is good is it's kind of funny because things that have a, a sugar, cholesterol, fat is all synonymous with tastes really good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite taco? If you had one. Oh, Let's yes. Start. Yes. I Let's just start say there, yes. the fun stuff. Yes. It, they, I, I haven't met too many I don't like, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, there's a place here. I don't know if it's local or if it's a national chain called Fuzzy's Tacos, which is really good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we, we like that. But I, I love the little roach coaches. You know, you pour right. Them. Right. People are like, are you going to eat that? Yes. Yes. So no, no fear. Yeah. 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 What about uh, while we're doing this, we'll just hit this, the quick fire fun stuff here yeah. on the front end. What movies, man? Are you watching any movies? Are you, are you a film guy? Do you enjoy? I, you know, I don't watch that many, to be honest with you. Um, but we just watched Field of Dreams. You know, the baseball. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. The baseball, baseball. that's the classic right there. And I get the chills every time because I'm an Iowa kid. And, you know, he's like, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. So. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know if you guys saw the trailer, but they have Aaron Judge promoting the the Field of Dreams literally in August where the White Sox are going to play the Yankees in, in Iowa. So there's only 8,000 seats. So <laughs> I'm doing my prayer thing to see myself with my family there. Um, and then I do love, I just, uh, I just watched uh, Greatest Showman again because I think there's so many life lessons in there about the dream about, Oh yeah, yeah. you know, where the, his whole, what he could see within is what we really become and that's really what prayer is and quantum physics is you know proving all that yeah but he did it at the expense of others and then by the end he realizes wow you know what i can have everything i can have everything within and not lust for somebody else's things because i can freely receive it for myself so there's so mm-hmm. many life lessons in there that i love so those are probably mm-hmm. my two that i've watched recently yeah well that's a, i think that's a really good launching pad um to uh, what I wanted to ask you about, or one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you talk a lot about the role of imagination when yeah. it comes to prayer. Yeah. And um, I was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit and you can yeah. take it wherever you want to take it. But yeah. how did you, I mean, t- what are your thoughts on the role of imagination and prayer and yeah. and, and all that? Well, I think um, you, you care if I go back into some old covenant shadows too? or no? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Go okay. for it. So, Um, you know, if if we go way back to the garden narrative where, you know, Adam and Eve, we have this idea that God's angry and he kicks them out of the garden. But if you look at it closely, it says, I preserved a way back to Eden. And if you look at Eden, it's this beautiful, delightful, where, uh, this, this garden image of a, of a pampered bride. If you look at in Strong's, what that Eden is, and it's three Hebrew word, three Hebrew letters. It's Ayin, Delet, Nun. And Ayin is what we see is the doorway to the seed of life of delight. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to, I preserved a way back into the garden between the cherubim. Now, this is interesting because then when, uh, when Moses is given the instructions of the tabernacle, he says, I will meet you between the cherubim. So we have all these, uh, yeah. you know, the Ark of the Covenant was in the holiest of holies. And, and the Hebrews believed that when they went in there, the high priest, their prayers were answered. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then the new covenant fulfillment, the revelation is, hey, guess what? Jason, Thomas, Mike, you're the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that holiest of holies is right here. And in fact, the two winged creatures are your cerebrum. It's the same root, which is really interesting. So the divinity within us is in our hearts and minds, as you guys know. It's, you know, hey, guard your hearts and minds with all diligence because out of it springs the Zoe life, the boundaries of life is what it says. 
So, um, you know, our hearts and minds. So what does our mind do? We, our, our mind thinks in pictures, right? Even when we read, we don't read, uh, you know, the word becomes a picture in our mind. And so this is what's in quantum physics really plays this out where they says, in short, it's simply this, and they've proven it over and over. Cause I have a, I, I'm an aeronautical engineer, but I love quantum physics and neuroscience. I've always been intrigued by just how fearfully and wonderfully humans are made. Hmm. And it's all a type and shadow of us. Like you're God's temple. You're his most beautiful creation. And yeah. what you do between the cherubim, the images you create there and what you feel in your heart, the father sees what you do, the pictures and the words you tell yourself within. And he brings it to pass without. All the, all the talks about, uh, you know, Lord, teach us to pray. Hey, don't use a bunch of words like, like the religious people do, but go into your closet, the secret place. And what the father says, sees you, what the father sees you do there hmm. will bring it to pass openly. And that's quantum physics, that scripture. It says, so what we, and prayer really becomes this simple. See what you desire your life to look like. Calm yourself down, this whole coronavirus, everything else. Ah, so I just see myself. I see yeah. my family, how I want them to be. And I know that picture I create is not just my imagination, it's divinity. And it becomes mm -hmm. real. And quantum physics tells you the same thing. Hey, what you focus on becomes. Focus on becomes facts. Your thoughts become things. And they can prove it over and over and over. So that's really it to me is prayer has to be, you, you know, us three were chatting a little bit is we can't teach this to our young kids. We've made prayer way right. too long. Yeah. And kids can do one thing really well. That's imagine. Mm -hmm. That's so good, man. We create, you know, and if you look at all the biggest creators in the world, uh, uh, it, in fact, it's really interesting. If you take Steve Jobs and Mike Zuckerberg, you know, people know them from Apple and, and Facebook is Steve Jobs said, hey, you got to learn how to. He, he told him meditate. And I know Christians get really con concerned about that, but I go, that's really all we do. Yeah. Yeah. David's, David dwelled in the land of, of meditation. Yes. Go look at the scriptures. So it's just yeah. really rolling over what you desire to happen in your life, knowing that that is prayer and it'll become. Hmm. So that's really how I look at it. And, uh, uh, and we're not rookies that we're not, I'm not saying this flippantly. Um, you know, as we were sharing, my brother-in-law was diagnosed with incurable cancer. Not, not one person's ever survived his form of cancer ever. It's hundred percent fatal. Wow. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> and here's all he did. So he, he, my sister-in-law was pregnant with uh, their daughter now who's 18. And he said, all I did was I pictured myself walking her down the aisle wow. to her wedding. Wow. And what you do within the father absolutely brings it to pass. No questions. Wow. So now he's wow. doing So if that's not real, I don't know what else is. Wow. That's prayer. Cool. That's prayer. Wow. You mean it's that's... that easy? Yeah. It's not this <laughs> call to prayer where I have to, it's, oh, you know, to me, probably like you, I was a little boy full of it, right? Just wanted to go play baseball and football and shoot stuff with my gun. And <laughs> can I say mm. that on here? Like I'm an Iowa farmer. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Boys yeah, like right. to do. Yeah, so, that's uh, right. You know, to me, it's like, Mike, if you prayed, it was this religious, uh, I got to set myself time apart and be obedient. Mm -hmm. That's not it at all. He's like, I've given you this beautiful thing called prayer so you can receive what the Father through you gives you at any time. Mm. That's good, man. That's yeah. so good. I, um, I'll ask you in, in light of that, 
I, um, I had a conversation with my daughter, uh, my youngest, maybe three years ago. And uh, so she's 13. So she's 10 probably at the time. Yeah. And I was given a message on trust and honor. And, and uh, we were cooking outside. And so I said, uh, I said, Eva, I said, uh, out of the blue, I said, hey, Eva, I said, how would you define trust? And she said, oh, put your, you know, real quick, 10 year old. She said, put your hands in the life of another. And I said, yeah, that's really good. And then, and then I, I asked her, I said, is it easy? And to be honest, when I asked, I'm, I was at the time, maybe a 44 year old fella yeah. uh, where trust had become a little complicated. Sure. Um, uh, life has not always been generous and, yeah. you know, I'd had to unlearn a lot of things that had been told about God as well. And so trust had become complicated. So when I asked her, 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 her answer was uh, actually caught me off guard and was so uh, revelatory, but she, I said, uh, is it easy to trust? And she kind of looks and goes, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and I realized that means you're a good dad, by the way. Uh, thanks man. Yeah. No, we're, true, cause that, yeah. If they, well, yeah, that's well, true. that's what, what I realized is that for a child, if, and I realized for my daughter, if you grow up in a house of love and honor, trust should come naturally. It's what we were created yeah. for. And, uh, and, and so I realized we were designed to trust we were designed for it to be simple and easy we were and 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 yet so many of us have experienced broken trust uh and and so i guess my question is when you when when you describe prayer and see what was so refreshing for me in the last months as i've been listening to you and 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 kind of reevaluating and and coming back to what is simple is is all of those disappointments all of that pain and suffering that that I've experienced, even in having had a good earthly father and, yeah. and having a good example of heavenly father. And then you begin to share that with people where trust is fractured. Either yeah. it's been fractured uh, because of real trauma yeah. or it's been fractured because of bad teaching, poor teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And so my question to you is uh, personally, uh, first for, and foremost, and then maybe how you teach, how do you navigate where there is disappointment? where there has been 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of pain or suffering, uh, how do you navigate into that simple place again? Yeah, you know, for me, I, I like to use the scriptural metaphors, um, meaning like meaning like this, is, is uh, usually they typically have their own kids or grandkids, right? And so I, I would go, hey, Jason, Thomas, if you knew you had it within your power to, to, help them heal them um turn their their sorrows into joy wouldn't you do anything as a father as a mother as a grandpa as a grandma to do that for them yeah they're like oh and they'll they'll naturally just go there oh yeah i would give my life for them i was like huh that sounds very familiar (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh i go that's who he is that's who yeah but really and that, you know, for you, like with your, with your daughter, it's powerful because I, I didn't necessarily have that father figure. I had some great coaches and teachers and stuff around me, which really helped. Um, but if they, you know, if they still have this angry God and God's angry, it can be a little bit difficult, but I go, Joe, Mary, you would do this for your kids. You would do this. Yeah. For your, oh yeah. yeah. So you've got the father now. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. You've got it. And he's a, yeah. pure, he's a person of pure love. There's no shadow. There's no turning. And of course, he's going to do it for you. And then maybe try something little. Like if you, if you, you know, if they have this huge prayer request, I go, let's just do something simple. 
Yeah. And I just walk them through it. And then I just, I wait for the inevitable. I, you know, the also in three days a week later, it's like, you won't believe this. I go, I might. <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah. It's the good. It's the, so it's the goodness. What I love is uh, that practical theology. Yes. That, that relational theology that says it's, uh, let's just take it down to what a good father and what, what does good mean? You know, what is a good yeah. father? Like, what is a good mother? Like, yes. Uh, Cause that, for me, the greatest transformation in my life. Uh, and, and I, he's heard me say this. I, I only have one message. God is love. His love is always good. He looks like Jesus. And it and never I, fails, right? That's it. And I, and my only responsibility is to be more sure today than I was yesterday. And, mm. and, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I've discovered that transformation, that the greatest transformation available to anyone in thinking and then in life is, is to put your faith in his goodness and his trust yes. yeah. that it's a non-negotiable. But, but, yeah. but the picture of a father got the and a mother. on that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. But the, I love your picture of a father and mother because anyone can grab that. Yeah. You know, when I speak, uh, I, Thomas and I have talked about this. At first, it used to surprise me that people wanted to argue the goodness of God with me. Yeah. Um, but so many people wrestle with the idea that he's good. Um, I think partly because of what we've been taught, particularly sure. in the Old Testament. Yep. And uh, so I would, I would love to ask you how you navigate scripture, how you navigate yeah. with folks. Um, <clears throat> You know, yeah. the, the seemingly angry God of the Old Testament and then what Jesus revealed. Yeah. And, and uh, I know you just had Brad and Paul Young on, which they're, they're so great at this. Um, yeah. Brad really helped me because uh, growing up Western evangelical, um, we're taught the literalness of scripture. And so that, that poses a lot of questions, like you said. So if God was willing to kill babies and whole nations and wipe mm -hmm. out all creation um uh oh <laughs> you know i thought he was the same yesterday today and forever right so even the grace teachers will go that was before the cross it's like well no now we've now we've said he is different and right. he reacted different than if if love never has kept any record of wrong if we read our our famous love chapter of paul in 1 corinthians 13 that means he's never kept record of wrong so what's all that about wow so that then Brad really helped me, you know, the Orthodox, really the first three, 400 uh, centuries of Christianity. I find that most of us in the West have never read any of that. The patriarchs mm -hmm. of the fathers. Yeah. No, we yeah. haven't. And uh, it's, it's strikingly and startlingly good. And so when Brad told, he goes, here's how the, the church fathers looked at Old Testament scriptures. No, we must keep them. Mm-hmm. But if we, that was, we were seen dimly through a veil. And that was our interpretation of God that we wrote, but we weren't seeing clearly. But now he's spoken to us by his son. The types and shadows are over. We can see clearly what he's like now by looking at Jesus. And I think that's yeah. what you said, Jason. He looks, looks yeah. just like Jesus. Yeah. So those Old Testament scriptures, it's really our anger, our, our, wow. uh, our, our heart in despair, such a, transforming that onto God and going, that's who we thought he is, but Jesus is the revelation of who the father really is. Amen. So we keep all those scriptures, but how the, how the fathers taught it was you must, before you pick up your word, your Bible, you must see it through the lens of Jesus. Otherwise we do it a great disservice. Mm -hmm. yeah, so they that's... healed all those scriptures going, Oh, that's our anger. That's our 
thought of who God is. We're the ones that are doing all that, but God mm -hmm. would never do it. And anything that we're now, for me, how I interpret it, any, any kind of this great cosmic battle of good versus evil, this destruction of anything is really a, a bigger picture of this war within us that we have a sensual man and then we have the true who we are, the spiritual man. And it's that battle between, mm. you know, then Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount is really difficult. So he's going, hey, you've heard it said. And where they heard it said was the Old Testament Psalms, Prophets, right, and the law, right? That was the only scriptures. Sure. So, but I say, you've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I say, love your neighbor. Mm. You've heard it said. So Jesus is really correcting yeah healing these old testament scriptures right that's good yeah thanks thanks for sharing that yeah i i'm uh it's cool that you're into i, I might geek out with you for a second here yeah no i love it uh <laughs> i'm really dirty on that i'm really into uh neuroscience hmm. you know you're talking about neuroscience because part of the work that i do okay. is uh i'm a therapist so oh, I, I provide kind of mental health services and as you probably know a lot of the the research that's coming out has to do with brain science and brain scans and yes. how we can be, you know, gentler, kinder, more compassionate, yeah. you know, human beings. And so uh, one of the things that it reminded me of is, you know, Jason Upton for me, I've, I've been listening to his music for a really long time. And I, I was listening to a Q&A with him. And one of the things he said was, you know, kids search, do things and search for human discovery but adults do things for human approval. Yeah. And um, this, this, you know, as, as children, they're, there's this limitless, they don't, they don't work within the realm of boundaries. Right. And, and yeah. it's, it's all about just wanting to discover and wanting to be curious and wanting yeah. to know more. And then as they get older, they, they get embedded with this idea that we need to do things. Is that okay to do that? Or is that okay yeah. to say that? Right. right. And, and I, I often think in terms of our own Christian spirituality, and I think this is why Jesus says that we have to adopt the, the heart of children is that there's this longing for discovery just to be able to discover, right. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily to do it for, what is this person going to think, or am I doing it the right way? So, so when I hear you talk about prayer, I, I hear that and what you're saying that it's about, yeah. it's about um, intimacy and discovery and imagination. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's very different from maybe some of the things that we've been taught growing yeah. up about, yeah. about what prayer is. So, um, well, yeah, cause Brad, I, I love Brad Jerzak. Uh, he grew up in a home where worrying, Yes, we're worrying to God. <laughs> we had long talked about this. Yeah. Was was how you pray? Years ago, I um, um, I had an encounter or an interaction encounter with God, uh, where He asked me. Um, well, He He basically asked if He was a perfect Father, to which it was an easy answer. Uh, <laughs> and then He said, "Well, then if there's desperation in our relationship, it's not on my end." That's what He said. Right. Right. And he was, he basically went on to say, he's not looking for desperate kids. Yeah. Um, I'd heard a, a, a preacher say a relationship where a son is always desperate for a father's dysfunctional. And so uh, 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 there was a great repenting that took place then. But I, I think, I think that that truth has worked its way into all of my life, including prayer. Yeah. And I used to pray desperate prayers. Yeah. I used to, yeah. I used to pray for something instead of from something. Yeah. And I think that's all the, you know, if we honestly look at uh, all the prayer verses 
you know, whether it's Mark 11, 23, we're in 24, and you and I, I discussed that briefly where it says, when you pray, believe you have received it. And that's air as tense in Greek. And I don't want to get too deep, but that basically is you have already received it because right. you're a child and you're a joint heir of Christ. Right. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So mm. we've had this idea that because of the English translation, you know, ask and you shall receive. So we have this idea of the, that Greek word, ahiteo, ask is, hey, dad, can I have this? Sure. And it could be yes or no, right? Yeah. But that's not what the scriptures say. Wow. The scriptures say, ask, you shall receive, so your joy may be full. And ask really is, and this is where the neuroscience is, as, as you know, Thomas, and, and uh, the quantum physics is, they really get this. And they, what, I, what yeah. I love about science, most of us grew up with prayer, like sometimes God's answers, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he says no, sometimes he does, you didn't pray in his right will. I have no assurance anymore. Right. Right. Going, well, right. am I doing it right? Am I wrong? Right. Yeah. Is he going to answer? Was it long Maybe. enough? Yeah. <laughs> Is it long enough? Um, <laughs> have I completely forgiven that person? Right. Right. Never right. get anything answered then. <laughs> I'm sure I have, you know, I'm kind of ticked off at the commissioner of baseball right now. So I'm not <laughs> answer my prayer. No, of course not. <laughs> but me, me not forgiving him has nothing to do with the father granting my prayer or not. It's just going to make me distanced. Yeah. Wow. And feel wow. within myself that I'm not worthy to receive the best from the father. But, mm. you know, so believe you have received it. And then if you look in one John five, this is the confidence we have in him, the assurance, the persuasion. Wow. And most of us have read it like this. If we ask anything, comma, according to his will, comma, he hears right. us. Right. But then the next verse doesn't make sense because then it says, and if we know he hears us, <laughs> we have the predictions that we've asked. So I, I, I say it should be written like this. This is the confidence we have in him. So, so his idea, John's idea is we want, I want you to have confidence in something in prayer. <clears throat> that if you ask anything, comma, yeah. According to his will, he hears us. Wow. And if we know he hears us, we have the petitions. And if we know and we have are in Greek perfect tense, hmm. meaning that it is a done. If you if he hears you, you have it. Full stop. End of prayer. Go to sleep. And if we really look at the scriptures, it's actually beautiful and assuring. And oh man, now now I can freely receive and. So the neuroscientists, they go, you know what? We can prove that there's that every atom of the, the creation, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I know Christians get really nervous about that, but um, the scripture said the cosmos, all creation, which we could right. call it the universe, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And so uh, there's this there's this infinite energy that connects every atom on the planet. Well, you and I know what that is. It's him. Yeah, you know Colossians one and John one. Everything that's created is in Him, yeah. and there's nothing outside of Him that was ever created. Yeah, and He is perfect love, and we know love is responsive. So they're going, "Hey, you know what? We live in this world of infinite possibilities, and we don't quite understand it, but we can prove it that whatever you think on, it responds, and eventually you see it coming back at you." Mm. And I think Scripture and science is is just beautiful. And then they they add this. They go. And we know it operates in gratitude and love. I'm like, wow. wow. So science is really just proving what the scriptures have said all along to me. 
Yeah. Yes. And what a beautiful assurance of a father that I've freely given you everything. We don't have to be desperate, like you said, Jason, is we can go within. Oh, and what we picture, know that the father sees what we do there and he will absolutely bring it to pass. We don't have to worry about it. Wow. Now I don't lust for things because I know I can freely receive it. Wow. And your love is Hey guys, I'm interrupting this podcast for just a minute so I can invite you to partner with us by giving to A Family Story. A Family Story is a 501, a nonprofit, and it's our ministry. And it's what allows for me to produce this podcast and other regular content. We've been living this faith journey for a long time, but 2014 was when we officially stepped away from the traditional pastoring approach to full-time ministry. It's been fun. This journey has been wild. And this last year was no less faith-inducing with COVID affecting travel and speaking. And it's been good, because hey, we started a podcast. Our passion is to create content catalytic for an encounter with the always good, transforming, reconciling love of our Heavenly Father. And so our heart through this ministry has always been that through speaking, writing, film, and music, we're relentlessly sharing the goodness of our Father, the good news. Your giving goes directly to support this podcast, as well as written content, discipleship content, teaching small group messages, articles that we release weekly, and also the book I'm writing. I'm excited about what I'm chasing down right now. We appreciate all the support, whether it's sharing, writing a review, following us, signing up for our email list, or financially. We just love being on the journey with you. If you want to give to A Family Story, you can go to afamilystory.org afamilystory.org and click on the give button. All right, thanks guys. Let's get back to the podcast. One of the things, you know, in regards to the neuroscience that you're talking about, that's really cool is um, the idea that the way healing takes place, like I I do some work with, with trauma and yeah, people that have had just really rough, rough pasts. And, and what the literature says actually is that the way in which healing takes place is by forming a kind of attachment that is a whole attachment. And so from a therapist perspective, my job is not necessarily to dig into that person's past and to uncover all that, but it's to actually, you're, your brain is actually forming new neural networks exactly. by having a relationship that's actually safe, secure. Yeah. And so, so then that person has a model of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and so in future relationships, they, they don't put themselves in positions where yeah. they, they don't have a voice. Does that make yeah. sense? And so totally. the whole idea, the whole idea of imagination and um, yeah. being able to see, see yourself in a situation. I mean, it, it, it really does. It works. What I, you know, Jason kind of asked you about this earlier, but um, how do you, in regards to navigating maybe suffering or pain or, you know, lament, you know, the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are, you know, Psalms of lament and, um, you know, Jesus quotes the Psalms more than any other book in the Bible. So clearly it was important to him. How do you, in regards, not just to prayer, but um, navigating really hard and difficult situations. Can you talk a little bit about your journey in, yeah. in regards to, to navigating that? What, yeah. what would you, what would you say about that? Um, 
Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we've all experienced all of that, right? In different situations that have been painful where, or trauma, whatever it is. And, and, uh, and really where the strongholds come, as you know, is, is if we keep reliving that same experience over and over and over with the same emotion, you sure. really hardwired those neural networks as you talked about, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's say, um, let's say uh, uh, a child is, is sexually abused. Uh, a young girl is sexually abused by a, a man that she trusts. I'm sure you run into that a lot because I know I mm -hmm. do in ministry and pastoral yeah. work a lot. Both ends. I'm just using that as sure. an example. Sure. And, uh, so now when they, whenever they see a, a male figure, guess what gets triggered if they don't have a Correct. better neural network, like, oh my God, I can't trust this guy. Correct. So it usually affects their relationships. Um, so it affects, it, it affects their sexual intimacy. It affects their, their ability to have uh, normal marriage relationships usually. But if we can start to go, you know what, if you could picture a, a loving relationship, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. Oh, look, and they'll usually, you might have to dig a little bit, as you know, as a therapist, but they'll usually go, oh, it would look like this. And then how would that make you feel? So here's mm -hmm. the, the mental picture as well as the emotion involved, Correct. right? Yeah. And as you know, those, those neural networks start to unwire. Mm -hmm. And if we can get them to, to stay on, this is what it could look like. And this is what you could feel. It actually rewires new neural networks that becomes the real you. Yes. And now they can go back if they do go back to those situations. And I agree with you. I don't like to have them rehash all their past things because really all it's doing usually is rebringing up all those emotions and everything that's that they don't like. I go, why don't, why don't we just create a new reality of who you are and the mm -hmm. father's love for you? Yeah. And then if they do go back to those places, it doesn't sting anymore. Sure. In fact, I, I would encourage everybody listening is even before you go to bed every night, as you know, you go through that the neuroscience of it right in the morning when you're kind of half asleep and right as, at night when you're going mm -hmm. half asleep, you go through those theta brain waves where it gets hardwired fast. Uh -huh. Well, let's take advantage of that. You know, that's why I think scripture <laughs> says um, don't go to bed with unforgiveness because it gets hardwired there. Sure. And then you wake up and go, I don't even know why I'm so ornery today, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm supposed to be this Christian guy. And I want to hit him with a bat right now, you know, whatever mm -hmm. we all have different right. experiences. But it's very real. So I think before we go to bed, let's say you had a, a trauma that day. You got a, a, a letter in the mail that you didn't like. You got laid off from your job right now with everything going on. Mm. So all those scary, fearful, anxious moments. Oh, let's, what, what, what does Philippians say? Wait a minute. He's given, he's given dominion of the earthly realm over to us. So let's calm ourselves down. And let's see what we want our life to look like right? and relive it actually and go, you know what, instead of, instead of this piece of mail that I got or this email or the, of really bad news, you know what, I'm going to start seeing how I want it to look and mm -hmm. I just replay it. Mm. Thank you, father, that I got this today. And not only yeah. does it heal the bad news, it actually goes forward. Absolutely. And, and really you start to experience that part of your life. So that's what I share with people is, Hey, there's healing for all of it. And it's all within. Yeah. My, my thing with the past too, is it's not that we want to ignore it. I mean, yeah. the, I think the past has a lot to teach us, but yeah. there has to be a balance and not only rehashing the past, but being able to, um, being able to kind of, um, you know, 
be present minded about it. One of the one of the things um, that one of the things that I have learned as I've just been growing and and walking with Jesus, right, yeah. is this idea of waking up and of just being awake. You know, Baxter talks about this in his books, and and Thomas Merton talks. You know, spirituality is essentially about waking up. Yeah. And and when you talk about things like healings or things like uh, miracles or whatever it might be, or just um, just faith in general, it's not this idea that we have to pull stuff down, but yeah. it's that the stuff is actually already available and accessible. And yes. it's our, we, we, it's essentially it's on our end to wake up to the thing that's yep. already so visible, right? Yes. It's, it's not a, I need to pull this down from heaven. Right. It's like, no, heaven's actually already here. We just have to yes. awaken to the reality of that. Yep. But sometimes if we're honest, sometimes it takes letting go, yeah. right? Or oftentimes yeah. it's letting go of all the things we thought we had to do. Yep. So it, it can be, I mean, if we're honest, it can be a painful process of allowing the Lord to actually um, yeah. perform surgery, right? And let yeah. go of some of the the wounding and the pain yeah. and all that stuff. But essentially, it's about waking up, right? It's yeah. about awakening to what's already available and, and accessible yeah, to I, us. I, a thousand percent agree. You know, and if, if pain and suffering is there for anything, it's not him. Right. Right. It's it's yeah. we've used our divinity backwards in the wrong mm. way. And if there's if it hurts, if it doesn't feel good, our, our, our emotions, that pain response are there for a reason to go, you know what? I'm going to start choosing life because that didn't feel very good. <laughs> sure. It should be that versus us dwelling on it over and over and over and reliving the past. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's so. good. It's good. I, um, every now and then he throws this Iowa kid a bone. He'll give me something good. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Even I can do this. Yeah. When you start with a, a good father who yeah. only has goodness and love for you, you know, uh, man, uh, I, I'll say this. I, I think what we're talking about is the same thing. Uh, uh, the quantum physics side of things is is very fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I am not even smart enough. The word it's just the, the I, I just said as much as I know. I it's but right. I, it's whatever you focus on becomes real. Yes, I love, thank you. That's yeah. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you focus on becomes real in your physical world. It, yes. like like Thomas said, it's already there. There's nothing. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness you get to choose what you how what you want to experience so where i place my energy my focus my my awareness as you're talking about thomas that mm. becomes real to me yeah that's good that's it. so that's quantum. that's quantum physics so yep. uh, the, the way that i've i've articulated that's the that's simpler and that's yeah. science it makes me sound yeah. smart when i yeah. say it. but <laughs> just, just throw a keyword around there really. yeah, Most yeah. hey guys let's talk quantum physics for I a second you're really smart yeah that's right but uh but uh, i for me, I, I'd use this scripture to describe it, and you could maybe riff on it. But I, I used to read uh, uh, Proverbs: "Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but longing or desires fulfilled is the tree of life." Yeah, I used to read that as a commentary on my life, meaning, um, yeah, hope deferred. Man, I'm feeling that. I'm heart sick. Yeah, uh, but longing fulfilled or desires fulfilled is the tree of life. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yes. Uh, but I, but, but the big shift that's taken place in my life over the, over the, over the last many years is, and I, I phrase it this way, that Jesus never lived for the above beyond all you could ask or imagine he lived from it. 
Mm. Yes. Yeah. He he uh, he he lived. He never lived for his father's pleasure. He yeah. had all of his father. He never lived for his father's favor. You know, he had all of his father's favor. He was growing yeah. in the revelation of it. Yeah. And uh, and now when I read that scripture, I actually read it as a choice. I can live in hope deferred, or I can yeah. live in desires fulfilled. Yes. And it, and it really is a it really is a a shift of thinking, a shift of perspective, a, a repenting, if you will. Yep. Changing the way I think and coming to alignment with with how he thinks is that is that quantum physics? Totally. <laughs> hope, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So don't defer it any longer. Receive it. <laughs> I love it. That's it. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, how will I know if it's his will? This is the crazy part. He's given he's given it over to us. You know, a lot of people. One of the sacred cows is he's not going to give you something he can't trust you with. Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> he gave us this, this thing called dominion in the earth. It's like giving the keys to the Ferrari to a three-year-old. Right. Right. <laughs> Going, are you kidding me? Uh, he's right. given it to us. Now what we do with it is a mess a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, but that's that growing part of, hey, you're going to, you're exactly right. Jesus never forgot who he was. He knew he was always a son. Mm. Yeah. He's a beloved son. Yeah. Right? yeah. Always. Yeah. And we see that the classic, it shouldn't be called the, the prodigal son. It should be called the hog of the father. Yes, yeah. I agree. Right. Going, yeah. let me tell you about the father, which got Jesus killed, by the way. <laughs> call him a father. Yeah. Because if he's the father, that means I'm his dad. He's my dad. And right. to the Jewish culture, if I'm a son, bar mitzvah, and he's my dad, that means I'm a joint heir of the mm. father. Wait a minute. I've heard this before. We are yeah. joint heir of Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so good. That means we have everything in the father's house. So that yeah, everything he has. The father's missed him. I did all this crazy living. I yeah. squandered my inheritance. Yeah. And we hear that a lot too. It's like, uh, He'll only give it to you if you're a good steward. Have you read the prodigal son? Right, <laughs> right, right. And then the other one's still trying to earn it. Yeah. The older brother, which is old covenant of servanthood, right? I yeah. got to serve God to be pleasing to him. No, Jesus always knew, as you said, Jason, I'm well pleased. I'm a beloved son. Yeah. So the new, the new <laughs> the prodigal comes back. Oh, put the ring on, put the best robe on, put shoes on his feet. Because the servants were barefoot, that's what, which is why he told Moses to take his shoes off in the old covenant. Right. Because that was servanthood. Hey, Moses, servanthood's over. Yeshua yeah. is into yeah. the promised land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put yeah. shoes on his feet. Yeah. And the older one's upset, going, "I'm praying, fasting, leading a Bible study, uh, doing this. I've I've had great behavior over here. Mm. Please come into the house, the tabernacle." Mm-hmm. Everything I have has always been yours and freely feast on the, the fathered calf within here instead of you trying to earn it out there. Mm. That's, that's, that's quantum, right? That's, that's beautiful. You mean that's I can good... have it for free now? Yes. <laughs> not any longer because it sucks. The hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? <laughs> I love it. I'm pulling... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's, that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, Mike, what are... What are some of the things that, um, I mean, you, it sounds like you, uh, you're a reader or at least yeah. you're a consumer of information. So what are the things you're reading these days? Oh, well, um, 
I, I can read the books I have on my desk. Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Uh, the Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler. It's about all these um, like big wave, high, crazy athletic guys, you know, uh, how they get into the zone where they picture themselves and they're completely fear free or a fear, in, you know, as they're doing all these crazy things. It's really like getting into the zone. And, and, and you said it, Thomas, it's like, how to be aware right now. Don't place your energy on the past, worry, fear. Don't place it on the future, worry or fear, because mm -hmm. everything, what do you want your life to look like right now? Live in that space. Thinking mm -hmm. um, Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, The Divine Matrix by Dr. Greg Braden, and The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Those are what I have. Oh, cool. That's great. So all, all between the cherubim stuff, right? <laughs> Where he says he's going to meet us. <laughs> mm. <laughs> renewed mind yeah all things are possible and you're mm. one with him so that means oh whatever you do here is not an impossibility to him yeah i i uh, i love that i pray that you would be one is the uh is the is i i refer to that as the lord's prayer yeah that uh that when he prayed he prayed that we would know the same intimacy the same oneness with our father that he had yeah and uh to me that is uh that's the good news right there that's it's available totally to good us. That it's yeah. complete yet love union. Yeah. As he is, so am I. Wait, what? <laughs> so I, I like to say it like this is uh usually if you if you're asking somebody and they go, I've been praying for this, or oh, I need I need I've got three months left to make my rent, or three days left to make my rent, you know, all the different things people people essentially worry about not enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have enough health. I don't have enough provision. I don't have enough love or joy is really what I spend 98% of my time on for these people. But what if Jesus came today and prayed for you and said, you, you're going to have enough to pay your rent in the next three days. What would you do? They always go, oh, well, you guys are one. So why don't you just pray and go, I'm going to have enough for my rent in three days and see it as if it's already done in rest. Cause that's that union you're talking about, Jason is we've done such a great job of separating us from God, Jesus, the Lord, yeah. Yahweh, the Holy spirit. And what you're talking about is I want you to get the new covenant is your union. Amen. As he is. So are you. So that means when I pray, it has the same effect as if Jesus was praying. Now you got it. Oh man. Now you got it. That's the good. That's amazing. That's the good news. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Blasphemy. I know. Yeah. You got Jesus killed. <laughs> well, and it's the lie. It's the lie of separation, right? Yes. Where that's always been the lie. And and I yep. see this in my work, but also not even in my work, but just we see it all over the place where we 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 become fragmented and yeah. we buy into the lie of separation yeah uh we it it leads to all i mean it just leads to all kinds of yeah. uh, of issues so you know and brad talks about this too how john is in his mind you know the the gospel the gospel of john john had john had years to be able to kind of like look at the gospels and the letters yes. written by paul and and so you know he believes it's a much more i don't know i, I wouldn't use the word advanced but there's a word that he used that that Paul has been reflecting right on yep. on the gospels and and so there's a there's an element to John's gospel that is really emphasizing oneness in yes. unity. Yeah. 
uh, and intimacy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I, which is why I think John looks so much different than the synoptics, the synoptic gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke look very different than John. Yeah. Right? And then, and as you said, Thomas, John one in the beginning. So he's really he's taking Genesis in the beginning, going. You were trying to figure out who God was, and you come up with this creation narratives. But let me tell you how it really was. Right. In the beginning the word was face to face and intimacy with the father. Mm, yeah. And that's where you were hidden in that before the foundation of the world, so you were hidden in that intimacy. So good. Now let's bring you back to that spot of that's intimacy. Good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I guess uh, I, I'll ask you if there's a few things that on my heart. Um, uh, one, one is uh, I know you've got um I'd love to hear what's your passion about right now. What are you dreaming into? I know you've also got a, uh, some minist a ministry that you're, uh, or a missions outreach that you're connected with. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to share with us that you guys are doing that you're passionate about that's happening? And where to find you and stuff like that too. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're on YouTube, freedomministries.org, um, podcasts. Really, that's what I'm passionate about is teaching people how to freely receive. Yeah. That in, And, uh, you know, the the mission outreach really is just a, the benevolence arm of our ministry is called inspire100.org and it's inspire100.org. And it really, I, I grew up with a single mom, seven That's kids. Right. I was the youngest of seven kids. And, and I just remember, uh, you know, we grew up in this really religious church and, and I remember the elders would come once a year and we had to get all dressed up and, <laughs> and sit there obediently on the couch and, and I just remember my mom's the single mom, barely making ends meet with seven kids. And, and, uh, and they would go, we, you know, you should be in church more. Mm. And I'm thinking, why would, why, why, <laughs> why, why? No, I'm trying to avoid being around you. You know, right. as a little kid through the, sure. the kid's eyes, like you guys are just. Mm. I've had that thought at 45. So, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so a friend really came up with the idea. And he's like, hey, what if, what if we, whether it's a hundred bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, the whole idea originally was what if there was a hundred of us business guys that gave a hundred dollars a month? So that's 10,000 a month that we don't try proselytize. We don't do anything. But when that single mom's car breaks down or she's, she's about to get her electricity turned off or she's three months behind in her rent, why don't, or one we just did was this lady doesn't have any teeth. Hmm. And so we were sitting there and at this place and, my friend and I both looked at each other and she didn't, she, you know, she's embarrassed about, she didn't have any teeth. Yeah. And we looked at each other. We're like, we're buying her teeth. <laughs> so that's what we do is we just, I love, we, I love that. It's a very yeah. tangible way to show the love of Christ. And usually yeah. they go, who are you? Yeah. They go, we're just people who know that we serve a more than enough God and not just yeah. enough. And Amen. we just yeah. want you to know he perfectly loves you. And they usually ball. They usually start yep. crying. Yeah. And they yeah. go, this never happened to me. Yeah, but I go to this mm. church. I'm like, and that's sad. So yeah. that's, that's yeah, I'm, I, those are the things I'm passionate about. My wife, my kids, living yeah. life large. If he's came to give us life and life more abundantly than I want every bit. Amen. If you don't want it and you think it's uh, living in the world, I'll freely receive it. Yeah. Mm. I'll Amen. take your stuff then too. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more than enough. So there's more. I know. Because <laughs> like, well, you should have all your focus on God. I'm like, he came to give us life and life. I love what Baxter Kruger is like, there's more life going on in that baseball game than in most places Sunday morning. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you know? I, 
I, I, I'm as passionate about football as you are about baseball. Well, I'm a base. I'm football too, but baseball was my my true love. Yeah. Who, who, just out of just out of curiosity, what's your team? Football team. I, I know okay, you. so I'm all over the map. So I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Oh, nice. Oh, that's I'm nice. a Los Angeles Lakers fan and and a and a Yankees fan. They're like, where yeah, you, you are grew up? I go Iowa. <laughs> we had a little 13 inch black and white tv and there were only three channels back then so the only broadcast were the people who were winning right yeah. that's right. <laughs> so the dolphins won the the 72 uh super bowl yeah and i remember reggie hitting home runs and yeah. uh, i remember kareem and and uh oh, yeah. michael cooper and, yeah you know worthy and all those guys so those are my teams yeah yeah all right well i'm a bills fan so yeah okay well we're in the afc east right yeah afc east yeah. so you know uh and Peyton, uh, tom brady's left so yeah. there's a shot for all of us now we <laughs> we can all exactly. contend yeah hey, one one thing i do i i want this is just sure personally because it's really been rich for me i i sent you a, a picture a snapshot i took of uh, a prayer that you walked folks through did you get that i don't know if you saw it uh you know what? Start, i don't know if i saw it but it's start by it. breathing in and out and oh, imagine sure. it's one of your notes um yeah i would love it and i i did that this this morning i said yeah. on my phone for the last six months um my son and i've been been doing yeah. this and uh and it really has been um transformation transformational yeah you know, I, I really believe it's the goodness of God, the kindness of God that leads us to change the way we think no we're transformed when yep. our minds are renewed, you know, we're transformed yep. by the renewing of your mind. So, so, and it, it happens in all the areas, but in prayer and especially right now with coronavirus yep. and, and fear, I would love it if you would walk us through. Yeah. Even just anyone watching that we could just walk through a prayer together, even if it's just two minutes, just. Yeah, to sure. Sure. So. Oh, so you know what, whether, whether you want to breathe or not, this, as uh, Thomas could probably tell you, this is just straight neuroscience and physics. If you, if you take some deep breaths, most of you have parents, if you've told your kids this, Hey, your kids come in freaking out, right? Calm down, take a deep breath. We've all said these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just natural. So if we, uh, Hey, if there, you know, if there's fear of um, your health, your kid's health, your parents' health, mm. Maybe you just got laid off from a job. You can actually abound in grace through all of it. You can make more money without your job. I know it sounds crazy, but all things are possible. We're having people do it right now. So yeah. the first thing I would just tell you to do is just take a couple deep breaths. And really all that's doing, guys, is it's calming. I, I would close your eyes because it takes all the stimulus input. We're very aware of things like go with them, go into the secret place, the closet. Yeah. So if you just take some deep breaths, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And part of that, as you know, Jason, is gratitude. If we look at Philippians 4, hey, be anxious for nothing. Hey, yeah. you know what? This coronavirus isn't going to come near you. You're going to have enough to make your rent, your mortgage payment. He's your provision. Amen. You can receive just as much money as if you have a full-time job. If not, we know not how, but just desire how you want your life to look like. And he brings it to pass. So thank you, Father. That gratitude is a big thing. It says, hey, instead of being anxious, just bring everything to him in prayer with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving has the attitude that I've already received it. Yeah. Which is what all the scriptures say. Hey, he knows what you need before you ask. So if you need provision, he's already said yes. If you need health, he's already said yes. If you need healing, he said yes. If he, if you need restoration in your marriage, he's already said yes. That's good. 
all of it he said yes because that's who he is so thank you father thank you father thank you father and then i would just ask you to get a picture of instead of being worried about coronavirus what's a what's a picture for of peace for all you guys maybe it's uh maybe it's your whole family sitting around watching a movie night and you're enjoying your family and your your kids are carefree your grandkids are carefree you're I know at my house it's sodas and popcorn and just get a picture of a, a family instance that really is peaceful with with no sickness, no nothing there. Just a picture of health. That's good. Mm, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> you just picture that. Yeah. And you just put place your attention there in your mind. You just see that picture. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. I don't have to use a bunch of words, Lord. You know what I need. And you're only good. You're only love. Of course, you're going to do that for me. Hmm. In fact, you've already given it to me. As Thomas said, all things have already be, are available. We, as, as he's given us this beautiful divinity within to take the unlimited spirit and shape it and fashion it. That's really what prayer is about. So, Father, we thank you that that picture of perfect family, that picture of perfect health, that picture of yeah. of this much in their accounts so they don't have to worry about it is already done yeah and i don't have to worry about how to make it happen you see what we do within the pictures we see within and the the words we tell ourselves within you always see and you always hear is what jesus said and you bring it to pass for us so that we can rest so father we just thank you for that we just see that unlimited health that that provision, that warmth, that joy, those restoration of marriages just flowing through every atom of their body right now, every area of their life. And it's just safe here. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah. That you're just good. You're a good daddy. Yes, you are. And it's safe. We don't have to worry. We don't have to have anxiety. We just see it as if we want it to be. And it comes to pass. Amen. 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 That's prayer. Amen. You can do it that simply, that short, and whatever you pictured, know it's real. Amen. And it'll come to pass. And if you don't believe it for the big stuff yet, do it for something stupid, something little. Yeah. And then you're going to email Jason and Thomas go, you wouldn't believe this. <laughs> and their response is going to go, we probably would. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joy of the Lord, right? That's good, man. That's that so help? good. It is. That's so helpful, man. I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thanks anytime. So much. This has been great. We'll, yeah, anything uh, I can do. We'll be catching up with you. We'll be uh, paying attention and, and uh, yeah, we'll good. appreciate you. Bless you. And just yeah, like grace over you, man. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it blessed and, and you're encouraged. Um, subscribe. Follow us on social media. Um, we just appreciate uh, if you could leave a review. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, uh, you can go to afamilystory.org, uh, where you can also find uh, all of our, our tweets and Twitters and social media stuff, right? You can follow Thomas on Twitter. You should do that. <laughs> And also, if you uh, want to get a hold of us, uh, Jason at AFamilyStory.org. If you guys have any questions, please, please feel free to reach out. We want to interact. We are excited to be doing this, and yeah. thank you guys for listening.